We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. First Samuel chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day. We are looking at the life of Eli. Eli was a great leader just like you. He was, um, he was a great leader. He was a great prophet in, the, in, uh, great prophet in Israel. He was the go-to man of God. We are looking at how to consult God, right? They go to this man of God. Just like you in your home. You know, you are the leader. Now, there may not be a physical dad in that home right now, but you, the adult in that home, you are the leader. You are the go-to person. You are the one who comes to church every Sunday. And there's a kid in that home who is looking at you. And there are kids in your home. They are now, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be your kids. Maybe, maybe you have cousins. Maybe you have nephew, nieces. But there's someone, or even in this place, there's someone looking at you right now. And so the Bible says that then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside, watching. For his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. Now listen, we are not used to retreating. But our people are retreating. We are losing battle. We are losing this battle. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, what does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli, the great prophet, the great man of God, the manager, the CEO, that woman that is raising that kid in that home. And he says, I said, what's going on here? And the Bible says that Eli was 90 years old. 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. When the man said to, then, then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, what happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines. We've lost the battle, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God being captured that Eli fell off the seat backwards by the side of the gate. And his neck was broken and he died. For the man was old and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. What a way to draw a conclusion on a great prophetic career. What a way to draw a conclusion on a great marriage. What a way to draw a conclusion on a job, whether you are a CEO or you work for yourself. What a way to draw a conclusion on your departure from an organization. What a way to just end the story. He fell down and broke his neck. Now verse 18 says, now his daughter-in-law, the daughter-in-law of this great man of God, this great prophet, this great leader, this great manager, this great man that every one of us look up to. They said, now his daughter-in-law, Phineas, was with child due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth. Instantly, she went into, went into labor. Shock. Shock. For her labor pains came upon her by force. She wasn't due yet. But... And, and then about this time of her death, 
the woman who stood by her said to her, Do not fear, for you have born a son. But she did not answer, nor did she regard it. Then she named, that, named the child Ichabod, or Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God had been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. One will learn from this scripture here uh, what not to do as a parent. If you have, you have to pay attention to this, this, this message if you plan to be married to a man. You have to pay attention if you are married. You have to pay attention if you are a man. You have to pay attention if you are a mother. And so we know the story of Eli. We know he was a great prophet. But Eli may have been a good priest, but he was a poor father. He was a poor father. Just like Eli, we can be righteous men, but still be, we should still fail at being parents. Even as we celebrate Father's Day today, I want to just draw attention to three things about Eli, where he failed. So the things, what not, what not to do as a parent, what not to do as a man, what not to do, what you should watch out and ensure that it doesn't happen in your home if you are a woman, if you are a, if you are a, if you are a woman, if you are a mother, or you plan to get married. Be careful about men like Eli. If you have a man in your home who is like Eli right now, if your husband is like Eli, I want you to scream for help. Scream for help because I, I preach this message from the, point, from the viewpoint of that child. Eli was the father of two sons, Hilfner and Phileas. They were supposed to be his successors. He was supposed to be the ones who will, who will take the baton, take the baton and run with the family values. To run with the family value and represent, the, and represent what their father stood for. They were the ones in succession. And God, Bible says that we say God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and, and Jacob. God, God is the God of succession. God is a God of generation. He says, the things, I have heard, the things you have heard me say among many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will what? Teach others. So God is always concerned about the next generation. Praise the Lord. And so here were these two guys. But look at what the Bible says about them in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible called them worthless men. Called them worthless men. He said, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. The very first error that um, Eli made, he ignored the spiritual growth of his children. He ignored it. And so they grew up in a Christian home, but the Bible says they did not know the Lord. I don't know if you come from a Christian home this morning. I don't know if your father took you to church. I don't know if your mother took you to church. But sincerely, do you know God? Do you know God? So he, he just did not invest in the spiritual growth of his boys. He didn't. Has anybody invested in your spiritual growth? Are you investing in the spiritual growth of your children? Or do you just expect that because you brought them to church, for, because you come to church and you bring them to church all the time, uh, that, that they will naturally just grow, to, and, uh, grow in the things of God? Are you? Are you? You know, I always say this. The fact that um, you were born in the garage doesn't make you a car. Eli was a spiritually matured man, but 
he never invested in his children's spiritual development. No, no, he never invested in them. He just hoped that um, he just hoped that they will grow up and they will catch the things of the spirit. Unfortunately, that's not how growth works. And so you see, sometimes, like, like any other parent, sometimes we are, we are more interested in our children's spiritual development. We are more interested in their physical development. Hey, have you eaten? Do they have the right weight? Do they have the right BMI? At this age, you know, you go measure them. But our question to you today is that, are you investing in their spiritual development? Well, we, we invest in their academic development. We ensure that they go to school. We ensure that, have you done your homework? Have you done your homework? Are you reading? We, we take time to even discuss with their teachers. We go to um, Parents Teachers Association if they still have one these days, all right? And then sometimes we take time to assess them and say, well, he's not doing well in this area or she's not doing well in that area. Then we bring in private tutors. My question to you today is, are you investing in their spiritual development? Are you? So Eli ignored the spiritual growth of these boys, and the boys were terrible. They just expect that they would, you just expect that they would just come into this Christian heritage. That's not how it works. We must, you must invest in their spiritual development. Listen, Christian growth is not what they catch. You don't catch it. It is not a virus. No, you invest in their spiritual development. Praise the Lord. And so there are many things that our children can inherit from us. They can inherit our eye color. They can inherit our skin tone, temperament, but not spiritual growth. You don't inherit spiritual growth. You don't. You don't. You do not inherit spiritual growth. And so these children were terrible, terrible, terrible piece of work. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9. It is a huge responsibility to be a father. Huge responsibility. Huge responsibility. What of advice? If you have not been fathered yourself, you may not know how to father a child. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9, and these words which I command you to do shall be in your heart. All right? Next verse. You shall teach them diligently to your children. But you cannot teach what you don't know. You have not been taught diligently. Question, who is teaching you diligently? You can't, you can't, you can't give what you don't have. Who is instructing you diligently? Who? You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's a whole lot of investment of time. That is, that is beyond the prayer altar. It's beyond the five minutes sneeze and coughing and you say amen and dash away. You invest in their spiritual development. But the fact of the matter is that that is not bad, but if you have not been fathered diligently, you cannot father anyone diligently. You cannot. He didn't make it. He couldn't. These kids were terrible. They were terrible. Number two, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up your child in the way you should, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Question, have you yourself been trained? Who trained you? Who trained you to be a father? Who trained you to be a spiritual? Who trained you to be a spiritual father? Who trained you? 
How do you instruct your children? How? More is caught than taught. You can teach anything you want to teach. But the baseline is you will produce who you are at the very least. Eli did not teach God's principles to his boys. Hophni and Phineas did not know God. They didn't. They, you know, the Bible talks about the sacrifices. They will go to the church and they will dip their hands into the offering. Dip their hands into the offering. They did not understand the principles of God. No, they did not. The Bible says in um, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 16, bring it up. 1 Samuel 2, 16. Listen very carefully. You know, I always say this. Jesus was not married. Paul was not married. They didn't have kids. If you cannot do it, don't do it. If you cannot do it well, don't do it at all. No pressure. And the Bible says, and if a man said to him, they should really burn their fat first, according to scriptures, then you may take as much as you have, as your heart desire. He would then answer, no, you must give it to me now. Now. That's like Eli's children. And if not, I will take it by force. Take it by force. Eli could not teach his children the principles of God. They were indisciplined. Couldn't. So first we must, um, the three lessons from this. First lesson is that we must, we must teach God's ways to our children. Eli failed to impart his sons, to his sons' respect of God's ways, including offerings and sacrifices. Offerings and sacrifices. A man, a man that will not sit down, a man that will not sit down and watch his kid, watch, a man that will not sit and let his kid watch him Pull out a checkbook and say, Dad, what are you doing? I am giving an offering, my son. I am giving an offering, my daughter, because it's what you do as a spiritual person. Ah, okay. Okay. Never seen you do it. So you must, you must, you must. We must teach God's ways to our children. We must teach God's ways to our children. But first, before you teach it, you must live it. But how do you teach it? How do you live it when you yourself, you've not been taught? Number two, the second lesson is that no one can play the fool with God. He will judge both the righteous and the hidden. He will judge. Number three, the third lesson is that we live to serve others and not indulge ourselves. Hophni and Phineas, they, will in, they indulged themselves and their father looked the other way. He didn't have the belly. And see, listen very carefully. From my little years of counseling uh, um, people, I realized that, I realized that parent, children, who, children who were, were overprotected and pampered and get away with murder when they were young, right, they themselves become spineless parents. And they destroy the lives of their children. You have to be fathered. You have to be instructed so you know how to instruct. Listen, I say instructed, disciplined, right? That's a spiritual concept, right? Not correction. We all know what we ought to do, but we don't have the power to execute it. So, this, so discipline, discipline lifestyle, submitting yourself to be disciplined allows you, allows you to have something in your spirit that when you correct your children, the, there's, there's, there's power in that correction to guide them. Number three, Eli tolerated his boy's immoral behavior. He tolerated it. Those boys were serial rapists. 
they, they, were, they slept with anybody they can sleep with. And you see how people like that today in the modern day church? You know, there are some men, anybody they can sleep with. Oh, yeah, you will ask, how many girls do you want to ask out? How many girls do you want to love? How many do you want to date? How many? You know, so it comes from deep-seated issues. Eli tolerated it. These boys were guilty of sexual immoral behaviors. Sexual issues they have with women who came to give sacrifices. I mean, it got to a point things were so bad, people stopped coming to church, stopped coming to offer sacrifices because of the children of the prophet. The one would pinch the, pinch the ladies on the backside, take the offering, you know, harass everybody, and their father didn't have the belly to correct them. Listen very carefully. If you don't have anybody who corrects you, you are a disaster waiting to happen. If you are a young man here, young woman here, seeking to marry, the first question you want to ask the person, who do you fear? If that person says, I don't fear anybody, my friend, carry your back and run away from that person. A man who has no one to correct or instruct him is a dangerous man. He's a dangerous man. Eli refused to correct them. I'm sure maybe the boys in the neighborhood are saying, oh, wow, look at these guys, man, they are so cool. Right? They can get away with murder. They are so cool. But look at what happened to them. In one day, they were killed. Lost his wife. Made his um, uh, kid fatherless. Lost his father. One day. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rod, hates his son. He who spares his rod, hates his son. He who spares his rod, hates his son. Listen very carefully. If you have, if you have, if you have no one to correct you, listen, you are the most hated person on earth. If there's no one to say, hey, don't do that, it means that you lack favor. If there's no one that you will think about and your heart will skip a bit, you are a dangerous person. Just think you know, but you don't know anything. And when your children grow, when your children grow, we will measure them up. That's what I don't like about society. They will speak behind your back. They will tell you what a useless man you are and what a nasty piece of work you are. That work will be judged. That work will be judged. So your work as a father will be judged. Your work as a mother will be judged. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rod hates his son. So the moment you refuse to submit yourself for instruction and discipline, you hate yourself. You're the most disfavored person in the whole world. But you see, there's just something about living, a, 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 um, living this kind of life it looks on the surface, it looks as if, wow, man, you know what you are doing, man. You can do it. You, you, are, you, are the, you are the Alpha Junior, you are the Omega Junior. But the truth of the matter is that you don't know what you are doing. Anybody who follows you is following you to a pit, to a pit. You have not given that kid an insurance to stand against the evil society they will grow up in. And that for me, that's wickedness. Get a mentor. Get a father so you can learn how to be fathered. Let someone tell you you are wrong. Let someone help you remove the chip on your shoulder. Let someone tell you that what you consider knowledge is actually nonsense. So you too, when you are correcting your children, you correct from a place of experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? You correct from a place of your correction carries spiritual power. When you say, son, daughter, listen, don't do that. This is wrong. 
There's something about your voice. There's something about your presentation. It's the difference between textbook and experience. It's just a difference. There's just something about it that they hear and they instantly they adjust. I, every man gets tempted. There are some things I would love, I would love to do. I say, ah, man, this person, ah, look at me. And then I will hear the voice of my father. So it becomes a guiding force as they grow through life. Who do you listen to? Who are you, who are you afraid of? Who can call you to order? There's a reason why it must be done. Now, now, for you, you may be set in your ways already. You know, you're an adult. But I want to plead with you because of the kids in your home to do it properly. Let it be a sacrifice for you. Yeah? Let's play the pretend game just for them to grow, for, for them to be able to understand that, wow, you know what? If that, I'll tell you what happened to me one time. My spiritual father called me. I said, well, I heard you went to, I, went, I heard you went to minister somewhere else, somewhere. I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, how did it go? I said, oh, it went very well. Were they blessed? Oh, yes, we were very blessed. Okay. All right. So from today, I want to tell you, for the next, for the, from now to the foreseeable future, I don't ever want you to leave that church again. I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, I'm saying I don't ever want you to leave your church to go minister anywhere. He said, because you must show respect to those who have come from all around the neighborhood to come and hear you. So where are you going to? I wasn't happy. But I kept quiet. And I did as I was instructed. But look at this church today. Another time, I had a guest in my house where I was in the habit of bringing guests when they come to minister, I say, oh, wow, I don't want you to just hang around in the hotel. Come to my home, come to my home. 12 midnight one, one, 12 midnight one day, my phone went up. Ah, hello, Dad. Ah, how are you? I said, fine. So who's in your home? I said, ah, just us. I said, just us? Just you? I said, yes. You sure it's just you in that home? Uh, um, I, I, actually, no, 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 not just us, us. But I have, <laughs> oh, I have him. I have a visiting guest. And then he said, are you alone? I said, um, uh, no, sir. I said, well, get somewhere I want to talk to you. So I went. I said, what is a guest doing in your house? What is a guest doing in your house? Have you ever seen any guests in my home? What is, uh, do you know what people carry? Why, 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 why do you want to risk producing your, your, your home? I said, oh, oh sorry, sorry, sir, sorry. You know? So next day, I told the guest, ah, I, think, I think you will. It's been nice for you to stay in a very nice hotel where you'll be comfortable. Check the guest out. Who corrects you? Who corrects you? Well, just in case you are here married to a man, married to an alpha, omega, beginning and the end, what should you do? Pray. Because the Bible says the heart of the king belongs to God. Yes. Pray. And keep praying. Anoint his coffins. Anoint everything. Pray. Because you are married to a dangerous man. Pray because of your children. Let me tell you why you should pray that kind of prayer. It doesn't matter what he, doesn't matter how, how he instructs those children. It doesn't have the power for delivery. We all know smoking kills, yeah? But yet, it's still a multi-billion dollar industry. So there's a place for instruction. There's a place for power. So a man who has no one to instruct him can really, that cannot really instruct anyone but offer mere words. When God says, let there be light, it was not a suggestion. Along with those words came the power of execution. 
And there was light. When I say stop lying, there's a power of execution that will stop you from lying. When I say go and progress, there's a power of execution to so go and progress. I have used it for my family and I have used it for this church. When I tell you God will favor you at work, it's not just instruction. There's a power that goes with that. You know why? Because I have been instructed and disciplined by men. So I carry power. What do I mean by power? An executable force that brings your instruction to life. That's what we call power. But if you have never been fathered, you can't father no one. At best, you will give men instructions. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.